0: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Welcome back to another program here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It is my joy to have a guest each and every day here on the program. And today, a return guest. Kim Clark has been with me a number of times. She has a ministry called Lift Your Gaze. Uh, She reaches out to women in prison, uh, women's groups outside of prison. She is a Golden Scroll Award-winning author, Congratulations, by the way, on that. Thank
1: you so much, Mike. I'm kind of excited about that.
0: That's kind of like late breaking news, right?
1: It totally is. I just got that, I think three weeks ago. And uh, it was a very prestigious ceremony. Lee Strobel actually received a lifetime achievement award from the same organization that I received my my award from. And he was the first one to recognize me and uh, just congratulate me when I came off stage. He jumped up and was just so appreciative because I met him earlier. So I I was just in off his, him and his wife, Leslie. Uh,
0: Lee is a, a well-known author. So that's pretty cool. Well, now, how many books have you written?
1: I have written four so far. And I, wow. I know uh, one is in Spanish. And I am coming out with my fifth book probably in the next month or so. On my first book in Spanish, so it's yeah. been translated. So we're now in the formatting stage and the proofreading stage. So that's kind of exciting. So it is, um, lift your deep waters, lift your gaze in Spanish. Yeah, which is really exciting. Now we
0: talked about deep waters when you were up here on one of your visits up, and it, it's such a great concept that you've given. These ladies, I mean, especially with the ministry work, and we're going to be talking about all of this, but one thing that I do want to get up front, so we give several mentions in the program, you have an annual golf tournament, the Lift Your Gaze annual golf tournament that's coming up Saturday, September 30th, Starts at 7 a.m. It's at Eagle Creek Golf Club. Tell us a little bit about this one.
1: Oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I am very excited about this. Just a fun little caveat. I don't like golf. I don't play golf. I've never been to a golf tournament except my own that I host. And I have been told by all the golfers who attend that this is the best tournament they've ever been to. I Mm -hmm. had a pro last year who was actually the previous Olympic coach coach for the golf team for mexico and he said kim this is the most well-run amazing event amazing tournament event i've ever been to and i'm like well i received that because you are an advanced master that's awesome bro. so yes we have this golf tournament we have all kinds of course games i have everything from a beat the pro hole and this year which kind of shakes things up i have a female pro Erica Nager. She, um, she and I are going to go live, um, sometime soon on the face of my Facebook. So jump on that or and like those. So you can see that when that pops up yeah. and it's Kim M Clark and she's amazing. She's one of the hottest, uh, new female rising stars on, the, the, on the pro female pro scope. So I'm really excited about that. And we also have a golf ball cannon, on one of the holes. And this is an air cannon that you can donate to charity, which is Lift Your Gaze, and we provide hope to the incarcerated. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. And for this hole, you on the tee, you can either tee off or you can shoot the cannon. Just shoot the cannon. Shoot the cannon. <laughs> Everyone does the cannon. And even my husband who golfed again, that was the best part ever. So that was so much fun to shoot this air cannon and you play your ball. From where this air ca- cannon shoots and then there's a prize for the furthest shot and the closest to the pin, which is... And you standard.
0: know, can I fit that air cannon in my golf bag? I, I might want to buy oh, one of those oh for my drives. Gosh.
1: Yeah, you might have to wrestle it out of Marty's <laughs> hand. <Yeah. laughs> Does it
0: make a big boom when it goes off? You know,
1: I don't know. It's an air cannon, so yeah. I, I would assume not. When, every time I assume I get myself in trouble... Because in the pictures they're not wearing ear protection. So I would assume it's an air like yeah. an airsoft an air cannon.
0: Yeah. You know, when I think about air cannons, I think about when I was a boy, Kim, this is a <laughs> this is a great memory in my life. We would visit our relatives in Louisville, Kentucky. And and I said it correctly, Louisville. That's Louisville. the way you say it if you're from mm-hmm. that area. But we lived in Indiana, and we would go to Louisville, and we would uh, be with uh, this this family. This guy was real creative, and he built a cannon that he would fire off way up in the sky, straight yeah. up. Uh, and it, it, it this projectile that would have a parachute on it, and it would float back down. So I don't know what kind of uh, thing it was actually, but it was a carbide. It was a definite explosion. So, I'd love to be out there in the golfer to hear whether or not there's a big boom when that candy well, goes out.
1: I would hope you can be able to come. So, if you can come, <laughs> oh, I, I actually have a flash sale on foursomes. It's regularly $750. Now they're $499. So, just enter the code. Eagle Creek four ninety nine and Eagle and Creek is uppercase. So yes. what
0: all is included in that oh uh, basically five hundred dollars.
1: Yes, now. great. Four ninety nine I'm sticking
0: 499, with Four ninety nine, there we go. That's your rule. <laughs> don't round it up, <laughs> <I> Mike. <don't. laughs>
1: That's the whole marketing idea. That's it. So it includes a breakfast on the go. We're gonna have Chick-fil-A, chicken minis. I have a Brazilian baker who makes the most incredible they're called g cakes. So they'll be having the pastries there. They'll be having do um, you get two drink tickets per person? and there's a barbecue lunch that I don't do any hot dogs or hamburgers at my tournaments this is a, an incredible spread there's a peach cobbler for dessert and i even also have the naked cupcake which is a local uh, lake, I've heard noted. of that yeah it, it's an incredible thing yeah. so you can make your own creations and she makes the best cupcakes for the event so there'll be double dessert which i'm in huge favor of all kinds of prizes i have raffle tickets and i have an online silent auction so, people that aren't even at the golf tournament can bid on it. And I have everything from guitar lessons to uh, restaurant gift certificates to tickets to the Super Bowl. Wow. I got, it's huge. So, people that don't even go to my events all over the country bid on these incredible. Well, yeah. Prim- oh, yeah. it's That's so much fun. pretty
0: cool. I yeah. mean, Super Bowl tickets are, that's a, a real prestige thing right it's there.
1: It's huge. So, you go to liftyourgazegolf.com. And again, that's www.lift your gaze for the information on the tournament to register for the tournament. Make sure you enter coupon code Eagle Creek four nine, nine in all caps. And there's information as well on the, on the silent auction. So you can click on there and click, they're all loaded up there. We're entering stuff daily yeah. as they're coming in.
0: So now I know that a, a, a tournament like this, a benefit tournament It goes for the benefit of the organization, which is Lift Your Gaze. That's your ministry. And your ministry, let's take a few moments and kind of give the big sketch across the board as to what you do.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, actually, for Lift Your Gaze, I call myself a hope dealer. A hope dealer. Instead of a dope dealer, I'm a hope dealer. (laughs) That's great. You like that? (laughs) So I deal hope, and I I go to prisons and jails, and I speak to the incarcerated. I speak to the entire inmate population, male and female, as well as I do classes for the females, and as and I do female one-on-one mentoring as well. So it's pretty extensive, and I also train the chaplains to use my trauma healing curriculum and program, so they use it as well. Many chaplains give out copies of my uh, award-winning and Amazon best-selling devotional in English and Spanish. Anytime an inmate asks for a Bible in English or Spanish, they would get a copy of my devotional.
0: Okay. Now, this is a big... I mean, you've got all of this out there. You've got all these books, not only in English now, but also in Spanish, How did this begin? What was the (laughs) genesis of this thing that has uh, started as an idea that kind of uh, gained traction? And now you're in all these prisons. How did this begin?
1: Oh, Mike, that's a great question. So when I wrote my first book, Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, which is available on Amazon, all my books are on Amazon and Barnes & Noble wherever fine books are sold. When I wrote that first book, the Lord told me to write it. I didn't want to write it. I was kicking and screaming. And the Lord told me to what start- What were you
0: doing at before?
1: I was a marketing professor, and my husband and I owned an energy deregulation business. So we were business owners, and as well as I was a, a marketing professor yeah. at a local okay. college. And God said, I want you to write this book. And I said, no, I'm sorry, you've called the wrong woman. And he was like, no, write the book. So it took me three years of attending writers' conferences, of learning the craft of creative writing, because there's business writing, which I excel at, and contracts and everything else, but I didn't- know how to write creatively so i had mm-hmm. to go to all these conferences go to these critique groups really hone my skill as a creative writer i write nonfiction, but i'm also dabbling in fiction but so i wrote my first book deep waters lift your gaze it won all these awards became an amazon bestseller i went on a nationwide promotional tour and god said promote your book so i did and then the following year i laid my hand on my book and i said god this is yours you told me to write this book. I obeyed. You told me to start a publishing company. I, pay, I obeyed. And by the way, a, I'm a publisher as well of deep. Watch. So you help books.
0: other people write their books.
1: I do. So that I feel that's more of a ministry. Uh, it's We are um, called a hybrid publisher, which means I let the author maintain their intellectual rights. Normally, when you go to a traditional publisher, you lose your intellectual rights. They right. change the title. Yeah. They change everything. It's like adoption. You give up your baby. But with a hybrid publisher, I maintain the same quality of a traditional publisher, but I allow my authors to maintain their intellectual rights.
0: Now, if I'm not, if I'm mistaken, let me know. But I doubt most people who are being, let's say, led to write a book, most people would not enroll in classes and, and do the educational background that it sounds like you went into. Is that right?
1: Oh, that's absolutely right. I can't tell you how many books I get with people And we also do marketing as well for in the space. And I can't tell you people, books have been, they say, can you market this? And I say, no, I can't. I can't because there's so many errors on here and there's, it's not edited properly and I can't do it. If you can get it edited, great. But yeah, so I I feel like that's a ministry as well as helping people publish books that glorify God that are are of high quality. Because if it has God's name in it, I really feel like you need to go through, we go through five layers of editing and we, it's very extensive what we do for the publishing end of that. And that's deepwatersbooks.com. But I, I want to finish my story with how I got started on it Oh, this. please. Yeah. <laughs> so I had I, to interrupt for I, that one. I know. One thing, no, it's very good anytime. So I started this publishing company, Deep Waters Books, published books that glorify God. And then uh, I I was I God told me to do the promotion promotional tour, which I did. And I laid my hands on the book and said, God, this is yours. I've done everything you've asked me to do what do you want me to do with this? This is yours. It was the start of the new year. I'm like, this year is yours. And this book is yours. And it's clear as day. I hear, I want you to take your message of hope into the prison system.
0: The prison system.
1: And I respond with a very holy, I'm sorry, do what? <laughs> you want me to do what?
0: Had you even ever been inside no. of a prison? before?
1: No, no, no. I had no experience. I'd never worked in that ministry space before. And I was like, Really? And my computer, which was on, it was on sleep mode. I was at my desk praying with my book and my computer turns on up pops YouTube, which I did not have open. I never watch YouTube, but it popped open and, it, and playing is Zach Williams, which was the artist that I listened to. Oh yeah. He's Chainbreaker. great. Yeah. That album, when I wrote that book and he's playing Chainbreaker live inside oh, my Harding goodness. prison in, oh, in, my in Indiana. And I'm like, Oh dear. Oh God, you're serious you really want me to do this? And I was like, hey, this is this is serious confirmation because that was a song that I used to write this book. And I was like, okay. So in a week, I started a nonprofit in all 50 states. And since that time, that was four and a half years ago, over 10,000 people have received hope through the efforts of Lift Your Gaze.
0: That is unreal.
1: It blows my mind what God can do. Now, see,
0: me. I think a key that you were talking about was that you had put your hand on the book and dedicated that book to God and, and prayed over it. And so, I mean, you know, you think about the powerful response is really no surprise at all when God is involved in it. But it, I, I just, it's a beautiful thing to see someone that has no experience, <laughs> no, uh, no directive uh, reason to do this other than the fact that God called you to do it.
1: I, it was, and it's funny, the first time I went to a correctional facility, we're in I guess eight, or, or eight, eight correctional facilities. But first time I went in, the chaplain sat down with me. She's like, you need to be called to this. And I told her my story, what had happened. She's like, well, you're definitely called. And God, every time I go in, there's a miracle. My, yeah. Every every time I see a miracle, I, I, every time I'm like, oh, and I pray. I'm like, you show up. You called me to do this. This is your thing. I'm obedient. This You make these miracles right. happen. Every time he does. I was in at Maxim Security and... I was waiting for the ladies to be shackled and brought in because if I go to security, they have to be ch- shackled and they was waiting for them to come in. And, uh, they usually come from my left and i was standing outside the classroom door and to my right was, uh, it's called lockdown dorm, L dorm. And it's where you go. If you're a danger to yourself, to others, or you there's mental instability. And there was this woman who was incarcerated and she was. It wasn't even howling or shrieking. It was demonic. The sound coming, mm-hmm. and it was it was must have been gone on for a long time, because the correctional officer standing outside the door looked at me and and she rolled her eyes and she said, Do "You have to know the name of the demon to cast it out." And I said, "No, you don't. That Jesus, Jesus said, Legion, Legion, be gone in Jesus's name." And I raised my hand over the sound where the screaming came from, and it stopped. Wow, and she said, "Legion, huh?" I'm like, "It was good enough for Jesus; it's good enough for me." (laughs) And then then my ladies came in, and I had a glass wall, and she kept peeking over the glass wall, looking at me, like, "Who is this woman preaching?" And I'm like, "It's Jesus; he's using me to speak." And so it was. It every time I come in, I see, I have stories. I've, I get letters and letters from inmates telling them, "You don't understand. I found your book. I've never even met them. They want me to come to their baptism." And they say, Kim, your book saved my life. I was incarcerated during COVID. I would have killed myself or killed someone else. It was so horrible. But your book saved my life.
0: Wow. What an amazing story, Kim. And I want to make sure that we do include your middle initial because your books have that. They do. Kim M. Clark. So make sure, friends, if you're wanting to get a hold of this book that has made such a difference for so many ladies in prisons around the area, Kim M. Clark and it's called Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, right?
1: That's the first book is Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze. The mm-hmm. second book is Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, 30-Day Devotional, which is in right. English and Spanish. And uh, that's Aguas Profundes, Levante to Merada." You just lost
0: me there. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wait, was...
1: wait, I didn't finish the name of the title. I got this down. <laughs> so the name of the book, the devotional in Spanish is Levante tu Mirada, Uh I'm sorry, Aguas Performas Levante Tu Mirada Devotional Trente Dias, which is Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, 30-Day Devotional, in Spanish. And those Spanish listeners, I if I said it wrong, you need to text me and let me know.
0: They're applauding your effort. Yes, mean. <laughs> I love them
1: already. I love you guys already. And my fourth book is Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, prayer book. And then my fifth book, which will be coming out shortly, was Aguas Profondos, Levante de Morada, which is just Deep Waters, Lift Your Gaze in Spanish.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, this is all exciting. And I'm going back to thinking about that initial call into this whole directive of prison ministry that had to just really scare you. I mean, did you feel intimidated the first time you ever walked inside and you heard those iron gates shut behind you?
1: (laughs) That's a great question to ask. It's funny, Um, I was actually... Someone had suggested I do Toastmasters prior to that, and I I had to pick a theme, and I, my theme was, do what scares you. And a lot of people were afraid to speak in public, and I've been public speaking for a long time, but I thought it was a good opportunity for me to hone my Again, skills. Again, you did
0: educational background I do, yeah. I do,
1: I do. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me learn from everyone else. That's crazy. And uh, so, I, so they were all like, him. you don't need to be here, but... And I had to speak and do what scares you. And I spoke on starting this ministry and that was four and a half years ago. And I was terrified. I was terrified. I didn't, I didn't have a nonprofit. I've never, I own for-profit businesses, not nonprofit businesses. That didn't yeah. make sense to me. And then to go into the prison ministry. And then every time I would go in, I would get comfortable. God would stretch me. So I would go in and okay, I would do the intake dorm. Great. That's a Christian dorm. And then the chaplain or another one of the chaplain or the, another ministry worker would say, you know what? You need to go to maximum security. Huh, okay, great. Maximum
0: and then, security. Oh, and
1: you yeah. need to go to lockdown to solitary confinement. We, there's someone there. We Okay. Yeah. Okay, and now, um, God's calling me. I've always preached to the ladies and now God's calling me to preach to the men, Wow. which I've always been kind of funny about, but God's like, I called you to prison ministry, not women's prison ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah.
0: well, wow, <laughs> here we go. Kim M. Clark is my guest today on the program from Lift Your Gaze. We'll be back with Kim in just a moment. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. With me today is Kim M. Clark. She's an author. She leads a ministry called Lift Your Gaze. Some wonderful books. I'm holding in my hand the book Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze Prayer Book. And, you know, Kim, uh, this one is displaying the uh, the Golden Scroll Award. I mean, that's yes, pretty cool. Yes, it is.
1: It's way cool. Yeah, it's way cool.
0: That is so nice. And when you, uh, you, know, you have something like this, this book will actually, uh, it, it is just what you said. It's a prayer book that people can read and actually work their way through because there are spaces for them to write in. And that always, to me, that's a wonderful learning tool when you kind of add to it and then you just have so much in here about, uh, the meanings of the names of God, Jehovah, uh, for example, talking about Jehovah, uh, if and Elohim and you give the explanation to some of these big words that people may hear on a Sunday morning, but they really don't know how to practically add to their life in prayer or whatever, or their understanding of God. And that's what you've done. You've gone through it. It's so, so
1: powerful. I have to say it's, It's uh, on the 12 Hebrew names of God, and each Hebrew name of God has the, of course, the explanation, the pronunciation, as well as how it looks in Hebrew, pointed Hebrew. And then it has where it first appears in scripture, and then it has scripture, seven separate, and they're a page each, scripture prayers where you put your name in. And then I've encouraged the readers to read it once, out loud if they can, with their name in it. Read it again with their loved one's name in it and a third time with someone who sinned against them mm. 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 And, and the hebrew names of god so you know if we're talking about um jehovah uh, uh let's see jehovah let's see jehovah uh Jireh would be the god who provides mm. not provides but who provides and no, jehovah no. rophe would be on psalm 91 on the god who heals or mends
0: now, I would think that most people know from songs, Jehovah Jireh, they would call that provider, but you're saying previder.
1: Absolutely. And when you combine the name Jireh or Yireh with the name Jehovah or Yeshua, if you did whatever way, how you pronounce it, but you combine Jehovah means the God who is, who was, who ever will be. So he's without time. So he's the great I am. But when you combine that with a uh, yira or or gyra, which means to provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the God who provides because he he already knew this need. He already knew I would be here with you today. He already knew you'd be looking at this book today. He already knew we'd have this golf tournament coming up for these women. He already knew that the women in the dorms that I serve have COVID and it's just horrible and there's all kinds of fentanyl poisoning and he already knew all of that. He knew it, but he provided the grace for those needs and also for the, also those situations for that to encourage our faith, to lift our gaze to our Boy, God.
0: that's deep. Now, would you feel that that is something that is inherent in the original meaning of that, that uh, this pre uh, sense already knowing in the future, because I think that's going to be news to a lot of people.
1: I, I love that name. When I, I read it, I was like, that's, that's when you come, the combination of that name, it means it's not pro vi pro is after, as after the fact. Pre is before. So God provides, mm. and because he already knows this is going to happen. He's not reacting. He's mm-hmm. he's it's it's beforehand.
0: What a beautiful picture of of, of our understanding of God and the way he does uh, provide for us is that he knows the needs the Bible says that we have. He knows them. He's not surprised by that
1: before we even have them. So he's right. like, I knew you'd be facing this trial, my child. Right. I knew you'd be going through this difficult time. I've already provided, previded, forgive me you a way out yeah. because that's who I am. I'm Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Jireh.
0: Well, you found that to be practically true in your own life as you've gone into these prisons. Crazy and true. You're called <laughs> by God to go in. You don't have a clue what you're doing. And yet uh, in the moment, God gives you the, the willingness and the peace, the wisdom to go into these scenarios that are, I mean, I've done prison ministry before. There is something I think, uh, very hard to describe the feeling that happens when you hear that gate, that iron door shut behind you and you're locked in. And, you know, there have been people who've gone in there and let's face it, there's a, there's a little bit of an element of danger in this. Absolutely.
1: Thing. And, and you have to sign a waiver that they don't negotiate for prisoners. If, if you're taken captive or hostages, they don't negotiate. You're yeah. taking, you cannot sue them. It's you're, like you're going frim- into
0: a real unfriendly country. It
1: really is. You cannot bring your cell phone. You cannot bring your computer. You cannot bring your smartwatch. So it's a very, um, it's a, you're putting a lot in God and a lot yeah. in your faith. And that's why I pray all the way down and going, all right, God, this is yours. And just to go through the several layers of security to go through the, you know, everything has to be uh, scanned and uh, it, you know, a, a CDs have to, all music has to be in a CD in its original casing. There's all these requirements that have to go in. I cannot bring in hardcover books, uh, paper clips. I cannot loan a pen to an inmate. I cannot give them a tissue if they're, you know, sloppy crying because God's met them, because that's considered. Um, that that's not allowed. And yeah. that's, uh, oh my God. It should be contraband. Then. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that word. I yeah. lost that word. Yes. That's contraband. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Cause they don't, they're not assigned to it. And before I start all my classes, I tell the inmates, someone get a roll of toilet paper. We're going to need it. Cause God's spirit falls all the time. And these women just weep and it's so beautiful.
0: Now having done this before and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I see a little bit of a, a kind of a correlation between two groups of people, those in prison the people that you reach and then i find myself seeing some recognizable things when i go up to a street corner and there's someone standing with a cardboard sign that is wanting something i i find in my own heart what happens in my judgment of the of this scenario to be very similar to what happened when i went into a prison you wonder if there's any sincerity between what they're doing they'll hold signs that say god bless you please help uh, you know there's an expression of at least openness to God that you'll often see but I my own mind wonders if they are really are just manipulating that and I think a lot of people who do prison ministry have that same concern is that something you've experienced
1: and I would say absolutely they absolutely that unfortunately from the environment and the situations they were in that's unfortunately how their uh, interpersonal reaction that's their default is manipulation yeah. that's very common I've give I've left their motive and their heart to God for him to judge my job. I feel I stay in my lane and my job is to show them the love of Jesus. I have women and people I know who are in there for murder. I have and for heinous crimes. I had one woman I was ministering to. She was actually incarcerating, incarcerated for the drowning. Uh, her and her husband were incarcerated for the drowning of her six year old son. Wow. wow. And having to minister to her and to explain to her that, there's nothing beyond God's forgiveness on the cross and that she's forgiven and God can redeem this and use it for good. He's that big that even this, which she, you know, she, there was a situation of spousal There was a whole ugly situation. I don't want to get into that, but she was just tormented by this event and thinking sure. that God would, she, she was in condemnation. The point that she should have been on suicide watch. She wasn't, but she should have been on suicide watch And I usually have a class of 20 women and she came in by herself and, uh, and I was like, where are the other ladies? And she said, I don't know. It was my first time meeting her. And I went to the correctional officer and said, Hey, where's everybody else? He said, that's it today. And I'm like, okay, it's just one-on-one. And so we were talking, I was talking with her, trying to just draw her out a little bit. I'm like, this is a mentoring. It's no longer a classroom setting. So I, I, of course, stood in the front like a classroom. And it's funny because I've used all my teaching experience from teaching in college in. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And again, you were a marketing professor. I was.
1: I was. So yeah. I used that uh, again. So I kind of kept that distance, but I just drew around and she had purple braided hair and I told her I liked her hair and I liked the color. And she said that purple was her son's favorite color. And I thought, great. I have a son. Let's, that's a connection. Let's, let's talk about that. I'm like, great. How old's your son? I have a son too. And she said, well, he was six when he passed. I said, Oh no, um, I'm so sorry. You have my deepest sympathies. Um, when did he pass? And she said last month. And that's what I found out. And I found out afterwards after I administered to her that, um, she and her husband were incarcerated for his demise. He had drowned wow. in, a, in a toilet in a hotel room. Oh. And then, but I was okay. And I said, you know, where we're going to go on this chapter. We're going to go rogue. We're going to open. I, my husband and I walked through a miscarriage and I wrote "Amazing Grace." It's in mm-hmm. my first book, "Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze," about the loss, the deep, uh, just grief uh, and agony you feel the loss of a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went through that, uh, that chapter. She was crying. I was crying. You know, we, you know, she would completely. The change in her was physical. Like the cha- the woman who walked in was a different woman that walked out. We sang "Amazing Grace" together. I mean, it was—it was. I still get goosebumps talking about it. Sure. And she said, "You know, I—I," I, she wrote a letter saying, "I—I was—I I was at the point of committing suicide if you hadn't come in that day." And, and then she walked out a changed woman. Even the chaplains. I, I then I would see her in classes afterwards, and she's teaching other women how to read and speak English. She's helping them on their st- walks, and I'm like, uh, "Who is this one? This woman who was." so horrifically depressed and despondent Mm -hmm. went from that to then serving. And even the chaplains are like, what happened to her? I'm like, it was Jesus. He showed up again. He showed up big. And he he gave her the grace and hope to lift her gaze. And she's a transformed woman.
0: You know, I can't tell, I can't even begin to remember how many uh, people I've talked to over the years that have gone into ministry, hardened, really a true criminal and found the Lord, and it was the real deal. I mean, it stuck, it was the Lord all the way, and it, their life was changed, many of them, well, after they got out, and are continuing to walk with God. So this skeptic sense that's out there in a lot of people that say, you know, you, nothing no real ministry ever happens in prison, that couldn't be farther from the truth. You think about Chuck Colson, absolutely, and look how not only what God did in his own personal life, but then he took what happened and his falling from grace and ending up in prison has brought an incredible amount of healing and hope to people all over the world because of prison fellowship.
1: Oh, it's huge. And actually my previous pastor, Pastor Robert Kosak in Delaware, he was incarcerated and found the Lord. He was a deck a millionaire and it was extremely successful, found the Lord and then became a pastor. So wow. uh, yeah, I, I've seen it. And I I really, and I want to stress this and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I really feel like it's not our judge job to judge the heart.
0: I think, oh, it's clear we're not to do that. So
1: I, I stay in my lane of, and my husband's always, and I was like, oh, you, know, you think this is sincere? And he's like, it's not to you. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's right. My job is to show hope, show Jesus, and there's nothing beyond the grace and forgiveness and mercy of Christ.
0: Well, going back to that point and to the uh, point I made earlier about the those that are homeless, I think we have to do the same thing with them. I'm not saying that, and I don't every time give money, but when I do, I do it as unto the Lord. Amen. Not a not a just to help them. I mean, I pray that it does help them, but I, I'm really doing that because the Lord has instructed us to cast our bread on the water.
1: We were supposed to, when we cleared the fields, we had to leave, We, were, we were, the Israelites were commanded to leave it for the widows and the orphans yeah, to right. gather a, a percentage of the crops so they could cleave and so they could just pick up all those seeds so they could right, live. Right. So I, and I'm also, I, I always pray and God's very just kind to me to answer. So I'll be like, you know, what do you want me to do here, God? And sometimes I'll say no. Sometimes we'll say, yeah, so I pray and get that, you know, that unction or leading from the Holy Spirit to say, you know, you give or you don't give. And I really feel like just submitting that onto the Lord. And sometimes I'll see someone and I, I remember being a single mom and I just cut $20 out of the money machine, which was a big deal for me 20 years ago. I remember getting gas and the, there was a woman there and she was sweeping, young woman, she was sweeping the gas station floor and this other woman came out and started screaming at her. And the Lord said, I want you to give your $20 to her. And I'm like, Lord, that's my only 20. Like, and just said, give it to her. So, I, and she wasn't asking and yeah. I just gave it to her. So this is from Jesus. And she, you know, took it and like, tried not to look at the woman screaming, who was screaming at her earlier. But I think we need to be sensitive to that leading wherever it is. That's right. And it takes, it can yeah. be scary to obey like, oh, go into prison, go into jail. Yeah. What, yeah. do what? What? I mean, That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: but he promised to go with us wherever Amen. wherever he goes I believe he goes along with us. He he provides his presence. He guides us Amen. where Amen. wherever he guides, he provides. That's a saying that I've used for years and uh, I, I've seen it to be true. And I Absolutely. think it's a wonderful thing. And you're going into these prisons. I, I know you're going into a number of them. Can you name the ones in our area where sure. you go? I,
1: I go into prisons and jails. So uh, just to give quick background, because I did not know this when I started this, um, a jail is county run a prison is state state or federal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, so this is just for the listeners because i know you're have experience in this but if you've done something or been accused of something and you get uh, you get arrested and you get remanded to jail until you make bond or that bond's been provided for you if you've been denied bond or you cannot make bond you're in a county jail until your trial and then at your trial if you've been pronounced guilty and they it's more than time served the time your sentence is, then you would either stay in jail if it's a a lesser crime or you'd be moved to a federal or a state prison. prison. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's a different, um, I say each facility has a different personality and I, I call them even a spirit. There's, it's very present. It's very, it's, it's there and it's very, so I go into Orange County jail, Osceola County jail. I, um, work with a lot of reception centers um, for men and women locally in the other for Florida. And I just did recently a training for all of, uh, for most of the chaplains in this region, excuse me, all the chaplains in this region to teach my trauma healing curriculum, how to teach that to, and to empower them to teach that to uh, their,
0: Mm -hmm. their,
1: their people they serve as well. So in the state of Florida wants to roll out my program to the 84,000 prison inmates across the state so we're in a fundraising for that this golf tournament is actually coming up and that's for um the t- translation we have a matching campaign for t- the $20,000 needed we've raised 10 and actually about 13,000 of the 20 we need so we're we're 30% of that matching goal and you go to liftyourgaze.org if you'd like to participate and that's for the translation of that first book which is the golf which is why we're doing the golf tournament and then we're doing other fundraising for the for rolling out the trauma healing curriculum to the entire prison population, the state of Florida.
0: Boy, that's something, what a goal and you're doing it and you're doing it in faith. And that's what I love about, everything that I know about you, Kim, you are really one that wants to respond and bring glory to God Amen. through your writing. And that's what you do. Kim M. Clark is my guest. And before we take our next break here, I want to go back over the details again on this golf tournament that's coming up Saturday, September 30th. And it's at Eagle Creek Golf Club in the Lake Nona area of uh, South Orlando. And you've got on-course games, uh, breakfast, uh, barbecue lunch, uh, amazing raffle prizes, a 50-50 raffle, hole-in-one, longest drive, all of these things that are normally part of a golf scramble or a golf tournament. People can compete and then this golf ball cannon. Oh it's the best. Oh my gosh. I, I I think that's gotta be amazing. Prizes for each and every person. And of course this is a benefit golf tournament. That's why you're there, that's why you're going, that's why you're paying the registration fee, which there's a special on that one right now, and tell us the details on that.
1: Sure, we're having a flash sale right now. Off, it's four ninety nine for foursome, which is an incredible deal for eighteen holes on this premier golf course, breakfast, two drink tickets, and the awards banquet and all the raffle prizes. It's really phenomenal. So again, that's four ninety nine a foursome, and you have to enter in the code Eagle Creek. 499 and eagle and creek are all in caps and no spaces again it's eagle creek 499
0: numbers 499 thank you yeah,
1: yeah actually and you go to lift your gaze golf.com that is again that website is lift golf.com
0: kim m clark is my guest we'll be back with her in just a moment ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience Visiting today with Kim M. Clark from Lift Your Gaze Ministry. She does prison ministry, jail ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry. She is a, an award-winning author now. How cool to say that. The Golden Scroll Award was recently given to Kim for her book, Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze Prayer Book. And there it is, the gold medallion right there on the book. That is such an honor, and it is really great to have you up here.
1: Oh, Mike, I love coming here. Every time we get on here, we can talk forever because we seem to share that same zeal and faith and just all watching God just move in the hearts of men and women that surround us. So I love coming here. So thank you for having me. Well,
0: it's a joy to have you here. And I've got a quote here about the book. It says, your book has made me want to stay sober. Thank you for helping me. And the young lady's name, Jamie, P.S., I cried the whole time I read your book. And that is great. I mean, that's the impact that you can have and are having on these ladies that you go into. In our last segment, we were talking about the amazing impact one has when they walk into a jail or a prison and that door clangs behind them and you realize you're in there on your own. You're in there with God. You're in there to do a a purpose. I've led worship in prisons before. I've sat and done counseling in prisons and uh, in jails and in juvenile detention centers before. And I did that for uh, about a year. Every Sunday afternoon, we would go into the JDC. Wonderful. And it's a shocking thing. I mean, you talk about an eye-opening, experience-giving thing. So people who may, if they're interested in it, but... You you can't do that. They can support you
1: absolutely. You can go to liftyourgaze dot org. I'm the CEO and founder. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, and they can go and make a one time gift, a monthly gift. We prefer monthly gifts because then we can budget more. Because the demand, uh, the local jails in Osceola and Orange County turn over about uh, six five to seven thousand inmates every ninety days. So that's a lot yeah. of books that go in every. Prisons, you're normally there for your your sentence, but for the jails, it's a it's a huge turnover, and you never know what God's going to do with one book, just one. And those can be left behind. For example, I can't go in right now because uh, COVID is so rampant in the dorms that I go into. Also, there's been a lot of uh, fentanyl poisoning for the guards and even the dogs. Oh my goodness! So I can't that facility, but other facilities I can go in. But but my books are still going in. So that's the awesome stuff about these books of hope that people can donate and provide hope.
0: And you no, know, I think it's important to say this people that hear this and they wonder, why are you charging 499 for a golf tournament to be a benefit, uh, for this ministry? You're writing books. I mean, the book sales should not be, and you're, you, they don't realize you're giving these books away.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, I don't, I, the, when I ship into the prisons and jails, it's, based on tax deductible donations that come in through your gaze. I, we, I, I don't take a salary currently. And I know I should, even though anytime I'm supposed to, I give it back in books. If you see what I see in these prisons and jails, it, it, it's a no brainer. Like the, 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 just the destitute and the desperate need for Christ and hope and to be able to have this tool and to have Christ and to not be able to share or leave them with this so they can do studies on their own when I'm not there it's, it's the most powerful gift I can give to someone ever.
0: Well, that's what the books actually do as well because they're almost like a, a friend that you leave behind with them because they, they can work through them, they study through them, they write in them as they go, as we talked about. Absolutely. So it is really a wonderful thing that you're doing. One of the things that we talked about before we began this program is grief Absolutely. and something that uh, you talk about. Grief, now that's something that these that are in prison, they know all about that. Some of them are, are there because they did horrible things and feel like they, uh, well, they could never be forgiven, quite frankly, is what they feel. Absolutely. Uh, others, that what they did may not have been quite as serious as the others, but it was still wrong and, and it bought them that one-way ticket uh, for whatever term that they're going to be in that jail or prison. and. In every case, there's without a doubt a huge amount of, of guilt, of grief, of, of uh, personal hatred. Yeah, in a lot of cases, Absol- they, yes. they can't believe that they did what they did that ended them up where they are.
1: And also some of them, just because some of them are innocent. So there's people that are incarcerated that are they're awaiting trial. I, one woman I know, she's been awaiting trial for, gosh, three or four years now and you know we're supposed to be guaranteed a speedy trial so just because you're incarcerated does not automatically assume guilt that's right so there's guilty people who have committed crimes that are in jail there's also guilty people who are not in jail (laughs) and there's innocent people that are incarcerated and there's innocent people that are not incarcerated so just because you're incarcerated does not automatically assume guilt but a lot of them do um struggle with forgiving themselves. Because mm-hmm. I speak at one of my most popular sessions, forgiving the unforgivable. And that's really powerful. And what I do is I apply the biblical principles to the five stages of grief. Most people are familiar with the Kubu uh, Ross model for the five stages of grief, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. But I actually add on a four-pronged approach to forgiving the unforgivable onto that. And so we walk... So I walked through and in denial, the first one, that stages of grief, you'll see, you'll feel avoidance, blame, fear, numbness, confusion, faith reaction. This is a, each one of these stages are a test of your faith. And that is normal. And that is healthy. That's how God made us. And that's actually how that's actually a sign of growth. And those faith reactions, when you're in that first phase of, or first um, stage of grief of denial could be, this can't be happening. D- did God miss this? How could a good God allow this? Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. And you have to also get to and just lay that on his altar, those feelings and that, that just confusion, that denial. And I always end up in Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yeah, is going, I don't understand this, but I just trust you. I just, I got to do this. And then the second phase is anger. And the emotions that a lot of people feel are frustration, anxiety, irritation, embarrassment, and shame. Shame lives in anger in this stage. Faith reactions are, this hurts, God. I can't be angry at God. And if anger is a sin, what do I do with it then? How Mm -hmm. do I process that? And that, again, is bringing that anger to God's altar and going, okay, I'm angry now, God. This is yours and I usually bring people that I, and again, this could be someone who's incarcerated, but someone also who's dealing with grief, with the pandemic. Maybe all kinds of things could change for them, and they're, as oh, I was businesses telling, businesses
0: were lost, absolutely. And family members died,
1: absolutely. And I was just sharing with you earlier that God just spoke to me this morning that life is a series of little deaths and big beginnings. Is that each season, and we have to have go to Him each time with those faith. Yeah. And then with the anger stage, the scripture that comes to mind is Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So it's really important to lay that on his altar and go, God, I'm angry because this is wrong. This is a sin. I know you've created this emotional response in me, but I'm turning it over to you. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not gonna hold on to this, let it become bitter. I'm not, because what happens is most people get stuck in a stage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I deal with, especially those are incarcerated, can get stuck in anger. And anytime there's ever a reaction, if you get stuck in one, you don't process it, anytime you're sinned against or you're grieving again, that flares up. Automatically your first response is anger. Yeah. So that's what I find if people haven't processed that one that um that stage that they just something just pokes like the poking <laughs> you poke the dragon and it, it see anger and the third phase or stage is bargaining. Your emotions are you reaching out to others. You're struggling to find meaning. You have a desire to tell your stories. You're in the shoulda woulda couldas. If I did this, this wouldn't have happened. That's right. Only if, and your faith reaction could be why me God. If only blank, mm-hmm. I did this or this, or this didn't happen. I, this would never have happened.
0: And they can get lost in self-pity in that Ex- moment.
1: Exactly. Great point. And God, if you take away the pain, I'll do this. If you just take away this consequence, I'll do this. And that's very common to bargain with God. Again, that's a common emotion to mm-hmm. leave on his altar. And I bring people I counsel with to, or I teach to, to Luke 22, 42. Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless not my will but yours be done mm-hmm. and that was jesus in the garden of gethsemane right, right before his crucif- crucifixion which was okay he was bargaining with god right there so if he's doing it it's this this is part of the of our healing process these stages and then the fourth one is depression and the emotions could people experience is becoming detached overwhelmed the blahs lack of energy feeling helpless and the faith reactions are i'm so sad god are feeling a permanent sense of sorrow like this will never lift and i always encourage people to go to the psalms turn to the, especially the davidic psalms as go because that's what they all are this is really bad god they're all trying to kill me but yet i will praise you mm-hmm. this is really horrible but yet i will praise you it's 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 that he's walking through the grief cycle in each of the psalms which i love and i bring usually uh, the people i speak to to psalm 42:11 why are you downcast o my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my oh, salvation yeah. and my God. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Why you did... so
0: downcast, oh, my soul? Ooh,
1: that's, yeah, absolutely. To go yeah. to that and bring that to that altar. And then the fifth one is acceptance, and emotions there exploring new options.
0: Finally, a positive one in this whole list. I mean,
1: actually, they're all positive. They're
0: all positive, but this one feels positive. This one, when you're hearing. like, okay, you feel some yeah.
1: triumph. But You're exploring new options. You have a new plan. You feel empowered. There's some security, your meaning. You know, God's yeah. going to use this us for good. Your faith reactions then can be, I don't understand, but I trust you, my God. Right. Not my will, but yours be done. Yet I will praise you, God. And then Romans 8, 28 is my life verse. And we know that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purposes. And that's if you're right. a believer and you put in your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is you. Wow. So that's so powerful. And then behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27.
0: In these scriptures, your books... They are. And then, of course, hearing you talk about it, even on our program today, I can only imagine what it is like for these ladies who are hearing you or the men who are hearing you when you're visiting the jail, visiting the prison, uh, the hope that springs up in their hearts, because they're not getting this from just every direction when you're there.
1: No, it's very it's, it's very cathartic. It's very healing. And you, they'll tell me, oh, Miss Kim, you have no idea. And I even go deeper with them. I'm in a class. I'll say, okay, and I can't tell you how many times people have told me, Well, I've forgiven so and so. And I'm like, but you're talking about it and the stages and the uh, forgiveness, the four pronged approach is um is you have to it's like the litmus test. And I believe is forgiving the unforgivables only you're only able to do that through God through That's Jesus right. Christ. And I agree. And looking at what our sin cost Jesus on the cross. And Forgiveness is actually an act of compassion and mercy and love. It reflects our faith, not only to the offender, but the people surrounding us mm-hmm. and the people who don't even know who are watching us.
0: It's a supernatural release of the, of the guilt and, and of the effect saying that I no longer hold you responsible for the pain that this has caused me.
1: It cancels a debt.
0: That is a release right there that is so valuable. Kim M. Clark, it is so great to have you up here. I wanna talk one more time about the golf tournament that is for the benefit of Kim's ministry, Lift Your Gaze. It is the Lift Your Gaze annual golf tournament that's gonna be held Saturday, September 30 at 7 a.m. at the beautiful Eagle Creek Golf Club in South Orlando, around the Lake Nona area, lots of uh, inclusions with the cost. There is a uh, an address that you can go to and get the early bird price, which is four ninety nine dollars for a foursome. And give us that information, Kim.
1: Sure, they can go to liftyourgazegolf.com and enter the coupon code EAGLECREEK. Four nine nine. And Eagle and Creek are all in caps, and four nine nine are the numbers. So make sure they do that. Go to liftyourgazegolf.com.
0: And your website?
1: My website, if you'd like to donate, you can also find the golf tournament there as well, and it's liftyourgaze.org.
0: Liftyourgaze.org. Kim M. Clark. I look forward to the next time you come up and visit with Mike,
1: us. Mike, it is always a pleasure. I show enjoy coming here. I feel so uplifted. I want to just encourage you for your station and your podcast. You do an incredible job. It's an incredible gift. you Thank you, give you us. so
0: much. You're I appreciate welcome. that. And friends, it's always a joy to have you along with us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.